Hi, everybody, and welcome to Joint Air Christian Lifestyle, the podcast where we celebrate diversity within the body of Christ. I'm your host, Shane Fritz, and I'm joined tonight with a good friend, Pastor Tyler. Say hey to everybody, Pastor Tyler. What's going on? <laughs> so uh, so I'm just really excited to, to sit down and, and hear what's on Pastor Tyler's heart tonight. And uh, and so we're just going to let him just share what's what what he wants to share. Oh, boy. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew there, buddy. Um, <laughs> wow. Lot, lots of my heart. I feel like God's doing so much in this season of life and where we're at and just, you know, what um, I just, you know, revival's in the air. You know, I think Amen. it's a, is that a, a Jonathan Melissa Helsler song, Revival's in the Air, Catch It If You Can. And so um, I just feel like God's doing so much um, in, in the body of Christ and um, within our country and the, just the nations around the world as well. And it's just, it's like an incredible time to be alive. Like, I just believe that. Yes. Um, it's an incredible time to be alive. Like, we are born for such a time as this. Like, there's no mistake that we are here on the earth now. Um, and so it's just like, I'm just excited for what the Lord wants to do um, in this hour um, in, in, our, in my life, in our lives personally um, and corporately and collectively. And um, I'm just excited to to see um, what the Lord will do because I just I think that there's just this beautiful um, just this beautiful shift in the atmosphere um, and so I just I really feel like you know we we should watch be watchful and just listen and um, really just lean and glean um, with the Holy Spirit uh, lean into him uh, there's this, this incredible song by Carrie Job and it's you know I want to sit back and lay back against you and breathe, feel your heartbeat. And, yes. um, you know, I just, I really feel like for us as, as Christians in the body of Christ, like that, we, we need, we got to get really good at doing that. Um, sitting and just leaning against our father and just like, just breathing and just resting yes. in that place with him and allowing him to, to speak, you know, giving him the room to speak. I think for a lot of us, sometimes we always seem to go to dad with our needs um, but we don't actually ever really sit still and give him the opportunity to respond. And yeah. I think, uh, I think, you know, it's so important to make room and space for, um, to hear what dad would say, um, to hear what our, you know, what the father would say to us in those moments. And, um, I really like, I love that song so much. Like I really took it personally. I have this spot up in my, up, up in my living room, um, that I, that I sit on the floor and just, and lean against this hutch. And, um, I just, I, I put my phone on airplane mode and, um, I just, I close my Bible and I just sit there and I'm just like, Lord, whatever you want to say, like speak, I just, I just want to hear you. And, right. you know, sometimes there's the, in those moments, like nothing, nothing in the, in, in those moments, like, you know, sometimes you won't hear anything for a while and other times it's like, dude, immediately he just begins to just speak and, um, you know, I'm just sitting there with, with a notepad and a pen and just writing down, um, what I feel like the Lord's saying. And, hmm. um, you know, like what I tell people all the time is like, write it down when you feel like you, like he's done, like you're done, you know, don't keep writing or like filling in the gaps, whatever. Like, right. don't try to reread it. Just write what you feel like the father's saying and then read it back. And, um, you know, like, uh, like when you, when you, if you ever took a test in school, the teacher's like, okay, pencils down. Right. Um, it's like that moment with the Lord where it's just like, okay, so, you know, he's done to put your pencil down. Don't, you don't need to add anything to it and, um, you know, reread it. And I, I mean, I'm telling you, it's just like, it, it blesses my socks off to know that like the God of the universe, um, delights to talk to his kids. And so, um, Amen. Yeah. So I just, I feel like so much is just kind of going on. Yeah. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, awkward pauses. You got to love those. Man. Yeah, yeah, no uh, doubt. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I've been I've been really in two places. Uh, I've been really reading through the Gospel of John, and, like, every if anybody's talked to me in, like, the last month, like, I keep saying that. And um, But, like, it's just a place that I'm in with the Lord right now and um, just really looking into all of the knowing of knowing God. And um, between that, I've been living in that place, and um, I've been living in Hebrews 12, where it really talks about the discipline of God, the correction of the Lord, because um, I think it's such a beautiful, a, a beautiful thing. I think oftentimes we misunderstand correction in the body of Christ, and we don't realize that, um, like, the power that's in being corrected, and that you know, our ability to be corrected by God actually shows. Um, his love for us and our love for him and our right. willingness to allow ourselves to be corrected. Yes. Um, and so it's just for me, like both of those places that I'm just looking, cause like in order to know him in every area of my life, I feel like in order to do that, I'm going to be corrected. I'm opening myself up to the opportunity and possibility of being corrected because I'm like, I want to know you God in every area of my life. Like, that word, like, you know, when he says in, in Matthew 7, depart from me, I never knew you, that word knew there is gnosko, which is like a man and a woman knowing one another intimately. And I'm like, I want God to know me in every area of my life. Absolutely. Um, you know, David prayed bold prayers, search me, O oh God. And, you know, it's like shine the spotlight down from heaven, God. And if there's anything that doesn't look like you, expose it and, and, and um, highlight it so that I can, so that we can deal with this and process through this thing together because I don't want anything that doesn't look like him because anything that doesn't look like him is sand in my foundation. And the, the, what we need to understand about correction when it comes to God exposing the sand is that he is so merciful and kind that he would reveal our heart to us now before we have to stand before him later and him judge us for what are the condition of our heart. And I'm like, how beautiful that he would, he would correct us, give us the opportunity to be fathered here right. instead of standing before him later. You know, like he gives us that opportunity and I'm just like, how can you not see the goodness of God through the lens of correction? Right. You know, it's for me, it's so beautiful. Like I tell people, I, I sing this, song. um, I'm going to ruin a Chris Tomlin song for y'all. And, um, I'm Come excited on, somebody. to do it. Um, <laughs> but he sings, you're a good, good father. It's who you are. Um, how many of us would still enjoy that song if we, if it was, you're a good, good spanker. It's who you are. It's who you are. But isn't it really saying the same thing? Yeah. Because if he corrects those whom he loves, um, then out of that place of being corrected, he loves us. We're essentially singing the same thing. Right. And so for us, we in the body of Christ, like we have got to see correction through the lens of that he is just so good yeah. and merciful and kind that he is willing to correct us. And that is an, it's, it's an attribute of love. And, you know, he's not doing it because he's like, you know, um, some of what I grew up with was like Thor, you know, and this mighty hammer. And like, if you didn't, you didn't do what you were supposed to, it's coming, coming, down. coming down. Yeah. 
Um, I remember, like, I'll never forget, I grew up believing that if you didn't tithe, like, your car would break down, and, like, what you were supposed to pay in tithes that week, you would have to donate. It wasn't about the blessing, it was about the curse. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And so, it's like, you know, we were so scared to not pay our tithes, like, looking over our shoulder, wondering when our car's gonna break down, you know? So, um, and, uh, so it had us seeing him as, like, this, you know... kind of like angry person and Mm -hmm. not this loving person. And, um, you know, when I rededicated my life um, and gave my life really like fully to Jesus, um, you know, I I really feel like in that moment I was uh, met with like the fear of fear of the Lord and the love of God as like one thought, like not separated out, but like met with both of those where I'm like, I knew that he could totally like smoke me in that moment if he wanted to. But his love was so intense for me that all I could do is just weep um, because he was so good. But it was being met with that fear in the midst of love that I was like, he's the realest thing I've ever encountered in my life. Yeah. And I'll never, I'll never turn my back. I'll, I am going to run this race and I'm never going to look back. And I've really, I'm like, I've done that, you know, and it's not that I haven't had hiccups or bumps along the way, but like I have ran this race um, and I refuse to look back because, like, there's nothing more real and tangible than him. And, yep. you know, in the moment where he corrected me and, and corrected me for a period of time, um, even through that, and um, it was like, it was, I knew that he loved me and it's why I was being corrected. And so I just really kind of want to just speak to correction and, and, and help us understand that it, it, he's a good father in it. Um, he's not doing it because he's angry, he's mad, um, you know, and he's just like, oh, they're going to get it. Like, that's not, right. that's not his heart. Um, you know, his heart is that we would get it. <laughs> right. But, but actually get it and realize that like, man, he loves us and that I believe correction is, and I believe that there's growth and mature and opportunity for maturity on the other side of being corrected. If we're willing to allow ourselves to be corrected. because I believe that that's actually how we grow up into the fullness of who Christ is um, with him being the head. Like we grow up into that and mature into that because we are allowing ourselves, we're literally placing ourselves, laying ourselves at the altar and just saying, Lord, have your way in me. Yes. Yes. Um, And it's just like, you know, I want to live in that place where it's like, God, have your way in me. Um, before we really dive into this, because I want to, I want to just read some scripture here and like what I'm referencing here in Hebrews 12. And, um, but uh, funny. Well, actually, let's read and then we'll get we'll get into it. We'll, <laughs> All right. Uh, I just because I think testimonies are just powerful, you know. And um, so I, I, I just want to kind of like you know share one that I had in the, in the midst of being corrected with the Lord. But it says in Hebrews 12, if you if you go to three, it says, "For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself." lest you become weary and discouraged in your own souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. Mm. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives." 
So if you're a son and you were received by the Lord, what that means is that we are going to receive discipline and correction from the Lord. That's he, he that happens when we are willing to become sons. Um, and so I'm picking it up at seven. It says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as, as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate sons. Illegitimate and not sons. Like how powerful is that? If you despise the discipline and the correction of the Lord, you're an illegitimate son or daughter. Like you're not a son or daughter if you despise the discipline or the correction of the Lord. Like that is so powerful. And so, like, I, that's why, like, I have such a heart for us to understand that it is out of love that he does it. Because if you don't understand that it's out of love and you think that he's, like, this this, this big angry guy, um, he won't receive it. He'll reject it. And then he doesn't deal with you as sons because you don't recognize him as father. Right. See, when you recognize him as father, you're, you're giving way to the ability to be disciplined and corrected. But if... And, but that only happens because you're a son. But in order to be a son, you have to have a father. So that's why if he deal, if, if you despise it, you can't be a son because you don't actually recognize him as father. Right. And that's just so powerful. And yeah. I'm just like, man, we have got to understand that he corrects us because he loves us. And, and live in that place. Is it easy? Is it comfortable? No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't make you feel good. Not everything we go through is warm and fuzzy. It's painful, but it produces righteousness. Like how amazing is it to know that like it will not feel amazing all the time. He never told us it would. Right. Um, But he did say, however, the arrival at the end of the age would be worth it. Um, but that's because we're willing to endure correction and discipline in order for it to produce righteousness in us you know and so i'm just man i just i i love him it's the marks of discipline that makes you a son he chastens and corrects every son whom he received so it's the marks of discipline that's what makes you a son because you recognize him as father not there's not one of us that recognize him as father that have not been corrected challenged or disciplined by him and it's because we have, and it's it's actually proof of our sonship. Right. Is when we allow ourselves to be corrected by him. And it's visible to other people. Absolutely. It's the marks that can be seen. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeremy Riddle is, is somebody that who I absolutely love, and, and he says it like this. He said, discipline and encouragement are both needed, but one without the other will stunt or spoil your growth. And I thought, man, that is wow. so beautiful. Yeah. Because, like, we can camp out and, like, I just want people to love me and encourage me all the time. But the truth and reality is I correct you because I love you. I discipline because I love love you. I have two kids. And what kind of father would I be if all I ever did was encourage them? But when they did something wrong, never discipline or correct them and allow them to keep doing things wrong. It's because I love them that I discipline and correct them, which is the same reason I encourage them. You know, it's one and the same thing, and we have to start seeing correction and encouragement as one and the same. It's a good father who loves his kids. Absolutely. He does both. Um, 
And so we just, we really just need to under understand that. Um, so we need to embrace the discipline and correction of the Lord. I, that's how you walk in destiny. So your destiny is to become like his son, Jesus. That's the highest representation of your destiny is pure representation of his nature. If you don't become like Jesus, you've missed your destiny completely. Mm. And we become like him because we're allowed to, we're, we're allowing ourselves to be corrected by him so that we can grow into all things who is the head, which is Christ. And so when we allow ourselves to be corrected by him, I believe that, um, you know, when Romans talks about going from glory to glory in, as in the image of, in likeness of Christ, I believe that, that as that happens, I think sometimes he challenges us in things. Yeah. Um, why? So that we're, I think in those moments, we're looking more like him. Whether that's man, whether that's ministry, being a being a pastor or being a teacher, um, whether that's you're just you're stocking shelves at the supermarket, you're um, a car salesman, um, you, you know you work in a mill or a factory, like wherever your sphere of influence is, we are to become like Jesus in every area of that that he in character in nature. We are to look like him, no matter what it is, and and every area that's not his, he wants to possess, and so he corrects us and disciplines us in order for us to yield and submit to him and say, you know what, I am lacking in this area, and 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 you're absolutely right. Would you help me, God? Thank you that that doesn't have to be my reality, yeah. but that because of what your son paid for on the cross and what has been made available to us as sons and daughters, that that actually doesn't have to be my reality, that I can actually walk this thing out according to what your son paid for and purchased on that cross 2,000 years ago. And um, so it's that invitation um, to that through the lens of correction that's just beautiful. Um, quick story. Um, I, uh, I was having this moment with, with, with the Lord and, um, you know, doing ministry, uh, you know, you, 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 you're involved with so many different people and so many different personalities. And, um, you know, not every, um, just because someone's personality isn't like yours doesn't mean that their personality is wrong. Um, I believe that, you know, there's so many different personalities in the body of Christ because um, I believe that's who there's parts of them of who they're called to be. Um, that's actually a facet and a characteristic of Jesus. And so, you know, I think the diversity in personalities can be a really beautiful thing. Absolutely. Um, and so I, <laughs> I, uh, I was talking with somebody one time and, um, it was like a room. It was like four or five of us in a room, and we were all joking, laughing, and carrying on. and And I made I made a joke and um, had some sarcasm attached to it. <laughs> and yeah, um, sh uh, yeah, shocked, right? Um, no, um, but it did. It had a little bit of sarcasm attached to it. And um, the Lord, um, and like we moved on, and you know, it was like a week later, someone came to me and told me that that was so, one of the people in that room was really hurt by what I said, and I'm like. Um, you know, I'm pretty good at usually remembering conversations and like, you know, things like that. And I'm just like, I did not say anything like inappropriate, anything wrong, like anything specific to anybody. Like we were all in the room laughing, joking and carrying on. And so I'm like really challenged by this idea. And I'm like, and then like when they told me like what happened and like how they took it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like 
I, I was shocked first off, like that they took it to that that way, because mm-hmm. like that's not what I meant at all. And like if you knew me, like oh my gosh, like no way. And so I was like processing this with the Lord, and like um, I'm like how like God, how could they take it this way? Like like really, God? Like really? Like really? Right. Like how could they take it this way? Like <laughs> are you for real right now? And um, just being like me and I am real with him, man. He is. When I had that encounter with him, when I gave him my whole life, like we have been very real. He's very sharp with me. Um, he's very direct with yeah. me. He does not play games with me. And he told me when I rededicated my life, um, he said, he said, there's no, no more games this time. He goes, I want your whole life. And he meant it. And um, and I did too. And so we're very real with one another. And because some people are like, you talk to the Lord like that? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, we, we get each other. Like, I'm not saying anything. I'm being real raw. I'm being raw and real with him. And I think that, you know, I don't think there's a question that scares him. I don't no. think there's thoughts that we have that would scare him. I actually think that everything that we think, everything that we feel, I actually think that he's the person that we should take all that stuff to. Right. I, th- I don't think we got to filter it. Um, I think we can just go to him. Well, he's already aware of it all anyways. Right, right. <laughs> and so I think that we can just go to him, present these things, and allow him to father us through those emotions. Because sometimes our feelings lie to us. It's just yeah. true. And, you know, and so we need to be able to go to him with what we're thinking and how we're feeling, whether it's real, whether it's not, um, whether we're in our head about it, whatever. Um, we have to be able to go to him. And sometimes that leads to correction, which in my case it did. Um, I, I went to him and I'm like, really, how could they, how could they take it this way? You know? And, um, I'm like, I'm really frustrated by this idea. And so I go and I'm just, you know, spending time with Jesus and, um, I'm like, how could they, how could they, how could they, how could they? And I'm just frustrated and I'm kind of just like venting to the Lord and, um, not to anyone else. I should say that, 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 that's so important, you know, right. um, to make sure that God is the outlet and who we're running to. Um, and it's not to other people. Um, Amen. You know, it, it's not our job to character assassinate because um, it actually is a is a is a great reflection of our character in those moments when we do. Um, you know, I you, you I had every opportunity to run to, to somebody else and be like, how could so and so take it this way? And like, this is what happened. Like, what do you think? And I'm actually inviting them in to be like co-offended with me that this person would take it that way. Right. And like, that's just a whole lot of nonsense. And like, God has got to be our outlet. For those things you know he's he is the safe place um and so uh we have got to do better at that in the body of christ of not chirping Amen. to everybody yep. um about everything but literally going to the one who holds it all who has every answer and every solution to every problem that we could possibly have or possess so we have to run there so i'm doing i'm running there and, I, and we're processing and um I finally shut up. I'm finally quiet, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, he goes, you know, again, sharp confronting. He goes, it's your job to clearly communicate. It's not their job to understand sarcasm. Mm. And I was like, Oh, but God, and I go right back into it. <laughs> you know, he wasn't wrong. I was, I, I gotta be honest. I was irritated that he would say that. Cause I was like, really sarcasm. I'm like, you're going to correct me, discipline me over sarcasm. I'm like, so many people are struggling with so many, you know. And that moment, you're thinking of like all of the things that people like are dealing with or struggling with. 
and like sarcasm isn't even close to some of that. And I'm like, and so I'm like reasoning with God of why like this is unreasonable, you know, Mm -hmm. just being real, you know, like why this is unreasonable for him to be challenging me in this area. And, um, and I literally, I just kind of broke down because he wasn't wrong. Um, you know, the moment he said it, I knew he was right, but it irritated me because I'm like, really sarcasm? And I literally, I, I told the Lord, I'm like, how... I feel like all you do is nitpick the little things in my life. And man, I tell you, I got so wrecked mm. out of being corrected um, because the immediately all I heard was, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little bit of leaven and it ends up leveling yeah. the whole lump. It's the little things. And I'm just like, how long? How long? Like how long will this like go for? Will this continue? Like, when's it going to be enough? You know? And, um, he said, I can only, he's like, I correct you because you're willing to be corrected. Yeah. He said, cause if you weren't willing to be corrected or disciplined, you'd be offended and hurt. And I'm like, so then I just wept a whole bunch more <laughs> and like cried it out. And it was just this beautiful, amazing moment with Jesus. Hmm. But I mean, cor- like, we have to see correction that way. Like it's right. okay to like when the Lord corrects us or disciplines us to be like, really, <laughs> really, Don't, sister o- Sally over here is doing this, and brother, brother, Do- brother John is over here doing. You know what I mean? Like right. go correct them, right? Um, but the truth is, it is, it doesn't look like him. It doesn't look like him. Yeah. It doesn't matter what Sister Sally and Brother John are doing. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. If it doesn't look like him, all of us have equal right to be corrected and disciplined no matter what we think should or shouldn't be challenged or corrected or what we should or shouldn't be disciplined for. And so it just really wrecked me. And like I was, so, I was met with the love of God in the midst of being corrected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I was convicted, you know, right. And, um, that's something that, you know, in being corrected, we have to understand like conviction is beautiful because he's, he's convicting us of something that doesn't look like him in order that we would grow up into all things him so that we can look like him so that we can bear more of the image of Christ so that we can actually become what he paid for. And so, you know, it, it, but condemnation, shame, guilt, all of those things that seem to always come in when we're being convicted, yep. right? Like, like, we, I feel like we got to talk about that because, like, you know, the moment that we're corrected, challenged, disciplined by the Lord, it's like shame, guilt, and condemnation are like right a, a few steps behind. Yeah. If he's it, in the right ear, that's in the right, left ear. Yeah, yep. almost simultaneously, and. And um, the difference is, is like conviction draws you to the Father because you know that He loves you, where shame, guilt, and condemnation calls you to look at you apart from the Father. And if we look at us apart from the Father, we're n- we're never enough, and we're never gonna get it, and we're gonna feel shame, and we're gonna feel guilt, we're gonna feel condemnation, because the only reason we don't feel those things is because we've received Him, and He's a good Father who loves us and cares for us, and it's through. It's through the, the that conviction 
that when we get to run to him and he just like, he hugs us, you know, yeah. I just like when Jesus calls a little kid over to his lap when he's like, you know, when, the, when they're having the debate of who's the greatest in the kingdom and he calls this child and he just sits him up on his lap, you know, it's like, man, I just think conviction should look like us just calling up on dad's lap and just giving it to him, you know, yeah. being willing, you know, I, I, uh, a good friend of mine, when he would teach in schools, um, he would, he would talk about, um, Oh gosh, I'm like I'm drawing. I had it for a moment and then it's gone. But <laughs> um, but he would uh, oh he would talk about surrender versus yielding and submitting, mm. and and it's like my favorite thing. And um, and you'll hear other voices say that like you know um, talk about surrender and that stuff. But if we think about it, like surrender in battle, it looks like we were fighting. I can't win, so I'm gonna give up. Mm-hmm. Yielding and submitting looks like you saying, I don't even want to fight you. I'm just going to give in to you. Yep. You know, and I think that's really what the Father is looking for is he wants us to yield and submit that says, God, I don't want to fight you. I just want to look like you. It's it's not a recognition of being beaten. It's a recognition of the right to rule. Yeah. And so it's just like, man, help us, Lord. Help yeah. us to, help us to help us to embrace conviction. Um, and recognize that he just wants us to look more like him. I, you know, something you had brought up early on was David when he said, search to search my heart. And I just think it's so beautiful when David says, search my heart, he's allowing God to have that place to convict him, but he's not searching his own heart. He's allowing God to do it. So, the, so it doesn't bring condemnation into it. Come on. You yeah. Know? Come on, somebody. It's, uh, <laughs> It is, it, it, it's that it's so pivotal uh, to understand that because the, it's the truth. Because if we look in and, up, in and at ourselves apart from Jesus, we're going to see all the unlovely things that doesn't look like him. But if we allow him to come in and look at us and inspect us and we invite him into the process of cleaning it up, it becomes this beautiful moment with the Lord where we are we are becoming more like him it's an invitation um but if i do it apart from him i'm just gonna end up in a huge mess because the truth is we're never supposed to do anything apart from him if if we become one with him which we're supposed to that means that there's no there's you have an inability to separate him out from me like you should not be able to separate jesus out from me because we should be becoming one, um, so that way, like we are, we are one. That when when you see me, I want you to see him. Mm. I want you to see who he is in me. But like, I want you to see him. Right. Like, I want you to look into eyes of love and kindness and gentleness mm. and all these amazing attributes that he is. And the truth is, if we're not those things. Then let's allow the good Father to correct us so that we can become those Amen. things. Yes. Because it, it's it's necessary. Like it is so necessary. Why? Because He deals with us as sons, and if we're sons, we're inheritors of all of these amazing promises. But in order to be inheritors of those promises, we have got to receive the adoption of sons that causes us to cry out, "What, Abba." Abba. Father, like, come on. Like, I mean, this is Hebrews 12 is amazing because it's like the correction and deal. There's so much sonship and like how he sees us. 
And it's so important to know like how he sees us and what he's saying so that we can grow up into the fullness of who he is to become what he paid for. But I'm only going to do that if my heart is soft and willing to be corrected, disciplined, and challenged. And one way to do that is to keep yourself continually on the potter's wheel. Mm. We are I believe that we are to remain on the potter's wheel until the good Lord calls us home. Yeah. Because I believe that on that wheel he is making us, shaping us and molding us into his very image and likeness, becoming what he paid for us to become. And we are never designed to take ourselves off of that wheel. Um, so that he can continue to mold us and shape us. Why? Because we're willing to be molded and shaped by him. You know, and he's so beautiful that if we get off the wheel and we get hard and we get cracked and we get a few bumps and bruises and we need a little bit of correction, like how beautiful is it that he gets to wash us? Mm. Add a little bit of water and a little bit of pressure and, and that clay just begins to just soften right back up. Which, you know, it gives me that hope that's like nobody is too far gone. You know, there's no such thing as, as hopeless. Like, you know, mm. I, I have the most hope for people um, because I just, I believe that through the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, through His goodness, that man, He can soften the hardest of hearts. And, um, but it takes a willingness to, re- to receive that. Absolutely. It takes a willingness to receive correction and discipline from the Lord. Um, you know, like I shared with that story with, with me, like I, he said, cause you're willing to receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just like, it's just this beautiful moment, but keep yourself on the wheel. You know, the potter's wheel is so significant for so many different reasons. Um, what I love also about the potter's wheel and, and, and remaining on it is that when a potter is, is shaping the clay, he always works it up before he ever works it out. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we are to be worked up into him before we're ever worked out to others. Amen. Because if we're worked out before we're worked up, the clay actually falls apart because it was worked out too far. And when you went to pull it up, it began to fall and it couldn't actually support the weight of what it was carrying. Wow. Because you were only meant to, oh, come on. Yeah, it is that's just, good. That's good stuff it, like, there. He, it's, I mean, he is so <clears throat> amazing and strategic and See, it, like everything in this word from the Old Testament to the New Testament has such significance and value. Um, but man, I tell you, just I think my 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 prayer is that we would really just be a people that are being that are willing to be corrected, that are willing to just say, Lord, would you just shine the spotlight of heaven and would you just look at me? And if there's anything that doesn't look like you, would you just remove it? And would you just, would you deal with it? Um, because I don't want anything that's, I don't want anything in me that's not in you. If it's not birthed in your heart, I don't want it birthed in my heart. If it's not what you're saying, I don't want to say it. If it's not what you're doing, I don't want to do it. Mm. Um, and just, and getting to that place where we are just, just so willing to allow him access to every deep place of our heart. Um, he wants every room, not just the outer court. Um, he wants every single room, even the dark stuff, even the stuff that we think that, you know, that we are so ashamed of that we just don't want to give him access to Like God, you can have every room, but this one. And he's like, I want it. I want it all mm-hmm. because all, when you give God everything, like, man, you get all, you get all of him. 
Like he's giving you all of him, but if you don't allow yourself to give him everything that you are, you rob yourself of experiencing everything that he is and everything he has for you. And so, man, just allow yourself to be corrected, challenged, and disciplined by the Lord. Like, not again, this is not you. Like, looking inwardly at yourself, asking yourself, like, man, what is wrong with me? Da, da, da. No, no, no. Correction and discipline should never be apart from the Lord. It's always with Him. It's allowing Him to do it, not you. And if you're corrected and challenged by others, because sometimes, man, that happens, and that's okay. It's biblical. There's a place for it. We have to begin to pray into it and be like, okay, Lord, what's the truth of what they said? Right. Is there weight to it? Is Is there there truth in it? Yeah. Yeah. What? It's the same thing that we do when a when a once a a prophet releases a word. We should we should we it should be tested. Um, when somebody speaks something into my life, it should be tested with the, with the spirit of the Lord that's in me. If someone prophesies or gives me a word, my spirit should bear witness to what's being said. So then when I'm corrected and challenged, I believe in that moment uh, that if, we, if we're truly submitting and yielding to the Lord, the Holy Spirit will thump our hearts and bear witness to the correction and, um, and the conviction that the Holy Spirit's bringing. Um, sometimes we can ha- have a hard heart and choose to reject it, and it was the Lord. And, and I believe that the Lord's going to deal with us in that manner. Um, another beautiful story that actually speaks to that, because um, I just believe in just in just sharing these experiences, because um, I think it's important. I think transparency, vulnerability are so important. Absolutely. Because um, I believe that Jesus was, and I believe that we should be too. Um just some bumpy situations you know um through life and um you know there was like this this crazy situation and just a lot of stuff went on and in the midst of that situation um a lot of her uh you know and and people a lot of a lot of things were said and um a lot of lies and um a lot of stuff that just wasn't true and wasn't good and um i'm like man i really want to address this and the lord's like i don't want you to say anything and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, are you, you just wanted to let this continue. And he's like, he's like, I don't want you to say anything. Mm-hmm. And then like a, a little while later, more would come out. And I'd be like, okay, now. And he's like, no, I don't want you to say anything. And this went on for months. And um, he's like, I want you to say nothing. And so nothing was said. And, um, and it ends up finally the last like domino falls, if you will. And the Lord's like, okay, now. So pull everyone into a room we have a conversation it's this beautiful moment um and um again it's still not really going the way that we want it to but it's just kind of like you know our job sometimes is to love people give them truth um Mm -hmm. and be gracious in that um and giving them truth because truth without grace is mean because if you give truth but there's no grace you're more concerned about being right than you are about being loved right the truth with grace is empowering exactly and so um, you know, sometimes you have to do that and just continue to pray, just believe God's best for people. Mm-hmm. But it, fast forward months later, um, this person comes to me and all but in tears, um, actually like repenting and, um, for everything. And wow. just, it was this incredible, beautiful, powerful moment. So in the moment of being corrected six months prior, rejects it, refuses it. Um, that's okay. 
you just continue to pray, believe God's best. Six months later, God's working in this person's heart. This person comes comes up and's like, oh hey, da 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 da, and it's like, whoa, like come on God, right? And I think about those moments where like if I wouldn't have been willing to be obedient and like hear the Lord be like, hey, I don't want you to say anything. I think oftentimes like what if I like what would have happened if I would have, right? You know, what if your need to be right had right. outweighed his rightness? Right, yeah. right. And so I'm just like, thank God, thank mm-hmm. God, that's not how the story went, <laughs> right? right? right. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> I, I share that as an example of like, you know, and sometimes in those moments, um, even when we're right in the correction or discipline, sometimes it's rejected and not received, mm-hmm. um, and we just believe that the Lord is just outworking that in that person's heart. Um, and in this case, it, it did, and it was just, it was super beautiful. But man, correction and discipline is just something that's just so important um, in the body of Christ and something that we just, we need, we need better understanding of it and, and recognizing that it's because he's good. Yeah. It's because he's good and he loves us. And because we're, if we weren't sons, he wouldn't correct us. Got to take the negative context off of it, see it for what it is, see yeah. it as a loving act. Right. Right, knowing that if this is producing righteousness, this is producing Christ. A correction is producing Christ in me, which is the hope of everything. You know, like he is the hope of everything. And so correction and discipline is producing Christ in me, which is the hope of glory. So like, I mean, come on somebody. Right. We've, we've got to like, we've got to, we've got to receive this with meekness in humility um because man it's so hard to correct somebody that's full of pride like i mean it didn't work out so good for for our boy saul um and it it was the pride that disqualified him his unwillingness to repent his unwillingness to be humble to be meek to receive the correction of the lord he his heart was hardened in that in in that response where david is so soft even in his midst of morally missing it in big ways. Right. Over and over again. But he understood repentance and thankfulness and married those two thoughts together. And we see a man after God's own heart because of the meekness and humility to admit his shortcomings, admit his failures, and allow himself to be corrected by the Lord. I wonder if we would allow ourselves to be corrected by the Lord if we wouldn't be a man after God's own heart. You know? Oh, yeah. So, that's just kind of some some of the things uh, that the Lord's just kind of been stirring in me when it comes to correction and, and, and discipline. Um, but I think it's beautiful. And like I said, it, it's an act of love. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. It's just a beautiful thought to reflect on. It, it, it's just something to, that we can think about. And we can think about it a long time past the time of a podcast. It's just something you can continue to reflect on. <laughs> right. Like you said, and I've been talking to you, and I think probably a couple months ago was the first time I heard you mention this. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you've just been, you've been based in it or uh, <laughs> marinating, marinating in it. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's just beautiful to hear. And uh, I, yeah. I, I think that uh, I, I love to marinate. So like, I don't like to like just run through things. Um, because, uh, I think we should chew the cut of the word, 
you know, um, like uh, chewing the cut of the word uh, looks like a cow and a cow has like multiple stomachs and what a cow does and like, let's get a little gross here on the podcast. Too. We might as well end with that. <laughs> All right. Um, but uh, <laughs> um, a cow, when he it chews it, he digests it and then brings it back up, chews it some more, digests it, brings it back up, chews it some more. Why? Until it works its way, the whole, it works itself the whole way through. Right. We're supposed to do the same thing with the word. We're supposed to chew the cut of this, that we are chewing on it, digesting it, bringing it back up, chewing on it some more, digesting it, bringing it back up, chewing it white so that we can we can possess what it's fully saying so that we can actually become this word um, so that the value of it, this nutritional value of this word can be implemented in our very in our innermost being so that we can reflect um, what he said. Um, and so we need to just like marinate on things, you know, like when the Lord speaks the word, I think it's so good to just sit and marinate in what he's doing. I think every word that he gives us, every encounter we have is an invitation to know him more. Um, I think that every encounter that and experience that we have with Jesus, um, should be able to be chaptered and versed. And I think everything that we, uh, can chapter and verse should be relatable to our experiences and our encounters. Jesus is the word made flesh. So that means that the word validates the life of Jesus and Jesus validates the word. And so if I have an encounter and experience, it should be validated by the word. And so, you know, we have got to chew on these things and marinate on these things so that we can become these things. Um, you know, thy word I've hidden in my heart that I won't sin against you. The you is capitalized. So thy word I've hidden in my heart that I won't sin against God. Psalms 119.11. Why? Because I've hidden it in there. Well, how do I hide it in there? I've digested it a lot. Mm. And I've brought it back up. And I've marinated on it. And I've sat in it. And I've like, oof. I, I've allowed it to thicken in me to become what he has given me access to. So that's why I kind of like, you know, I mer- I stay in, when the Lord's doing something, sometimes I'm just like, I stay in this place of just like, for a while, just chewing on it over and over again. I've been in John right now, the Gospel of John, and, and um, looking at knowing God um, for like two months now, and just living in this place, because I want to... I like because he just keeps downloading things yep. over and over and over, and I'm just like, man, I I'm, I'm going to stay here until he tells me to move, you know. Yep. And so, um, so we should really just you know allow ourselves to become the very thing that he's given us access to. Boy, that's so good. Thank you for being here with us tonight. Appreciate it, Pastor Tyler, and I just know this is blessing people that are listening to it, and. uh Dude, man, thanks for having me on. It was fun. Um, I talk so fast. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, um, this encourages somebody. It helps somebody um, in their understanding of knowing that uh, correction and discipline from the Lord is is because He loves you, not because He's mad at you, right? <laughs> not because He's angry and hammers coming down. It's because He loves you. Like, and even if you have to say that to yourself, man, God corrects me because He loves me. Because it's true. He does. He corrects you because he loves you. Because it says, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Come on, man. He loves you. Correction and discipline from the Lord is an act of love. And Mm -hmm. God is love. Which means that everything that he does is led and motivated by love. 
which means correction and discipline fall in that too. So um, I do. I hope, man, I hope this encourages somebody. Thank you so much, um, for Shane, for letting me uh, hop on here and just kind of sharing my heart. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, just appreciate you and your, your heart for Jesus, man. Well, thank you so much. And everybody that's listening, till we get to talk to you again, be blessed.